Good afternoon. Thank you so much for coming to um, today. Is the publication day of Poetry Wales? It's fresh, fresh out of the printers, uh, and this issue is um, dedicated to the topic of ritual. Um, so I hope you are all happy to be part of this poetry ritual today. Um, I've invited uh, three fantastic poets who are featured in this. Um, uh, in this magazine, and we're also doing uh, lots of different really exciting work. Generally, uh, they are Elizabeth Jane Burnett, Nisha Ramaya, and Rhys Trimble. Uh, and I'll just say a little bit about um, ritual and why I'm interested uh, and why I wanted to put this together. Um, there was something actually that um, was inspiring about a poetry event that happens when something strange or something magical shifts in the air and you get a, a sort of feeling that um, something's altered slightly. Um, and it might be the fact that um, a poet has done something uh, really moving or they said something, or it might be um, the fact of us all gathered here together listening at the same time. But something interesting about the performative moments, um, and that's what I wanted to explore. And there's many poets who are doing things who... Um, they're making their poems actual rituals, which are, in a way, um, live transformations, their actions. Um, so, for example, Elizabeth Jane Burnett's um, Swims, which she's going to be reading from, um, is, uh, charts a kind of journey of several different swims. And a swim, um, to me, it sounded very much like a ritual, and we've had a conversation in it in Poetry Wales. We had a conversation about that in Poetry Wales, about what it is about um, the before, the during and after of a swim and how you prepare yourself. You go into the water and your body is hit in this very cold um, rush of water and then how you feel when you come out slightly altered. Um, so there's something about a ritual. We all we step into a new space, like a liminal space or a liminal time, um, we do something together, perhaps our bodies are kind of um, affected in some way. And then when we come out, something slightly different. Um, so it could be a swim or um, in some cases in this um, issue, we have um, some poems by C.A. Conrad who has made his poems uh, rituals, which are kind of also activist um, poems that he's, um, he's using the uh, sounds of extinct uh, species from across the USA to make new poems which are kind of against the extinction and they're kind of environmental activisms. And at the same time, his ritual is also about um, writing to um, the various officials and trying to get land bridges created where the species can walk across the, um, the roads. And um, he's also very interested in objects um, as are some of the poets in here. Uh, Rhys Trimble, for example, has made the cover of this uh, issue um, with some kind of ritual objects um, which he might um, read from somehow. And um, we also have an essay in here by Nisha Ramaya about tantric poetics. Um, so I was very interested in exploring this kind of interesting performative live moment that is ritual and I'm very excited to be launching this uh, issue today. Uh, I'll, say I'll introduce each of the poet one at a time and if you want to move this then that's fine. 
Um, so, Elizabeth Jane Burnett is a poet who has had a wonderful collection out called Swims from Penned in the Margins. Uh, she's also published a social biography of innovative, innovative poetry communities called The Gift, The Wager and Poetics. And next year, it's very exciting, she's got a book called The Grassling, it's a geological memoir um, out. It's very, very looking forward to that. That's going to be out with Penguin. Uh, and yes, I would like to welcome, if you'll give us a round of applause as well, to Elizabeth Jane Burnett. Hi, um, thank you very much, Nia. It's lovely to be here, my first Ledbury, um, and lovely to be reading with Nisha uh, and Rhys, who are two of my favourite poets. And uh, I've written um, a little bit um, about Nisha's poetry um, as well, uh, her tantric poetics um, in the journal The Constant Critic. Um, so it's lovely to be hearing some of that today as well. Um, so I think I'll start from the beginning, was a good place to start, but there's um, a preface in this collection, Swims, I'll just, I'll just be reading all from Swims today, um, which looks a little bit about what swimming is and that transformation um, that Nia was talking about. So it starts um, saying, swimming is continuous, only the rivers are intermittent. And I think that's, that's true, sort of when you do that swim, that state that you go into is something that you can tap into even out of the water, I've found. So the river is something that happens, like exercise or illness to the body. On any given day, I am rivering. Not that the river is like the body or the river is the body, but both have gone and what is left is something else. To not end where you thought you did, not with skin, but water, not with arms, but meadow of watercress, dropwort, floating pennywort, against all odds to be buoyant. To feel there is an upward force greater than the weight of the heart, the knuckles, the head. To feel as in to feel it physically push up the ribs, which are bones now. Everything remembering what it is. Becoming is remembering. Sinking in the silt is the sand, the shell of the bone singing. In the reeds, in the rushes, hordes of heartbeats, not my own. Mollusk onto stone, millfall onto moss, mayfly onto trout, metal onto clay, acid onto wire, electrified chicken wire to keep the salmon in the summer, make a day of it. Fill the car up, make a day of it. Fill the river, make like mayflies. In the summer, swim in traffic, swim in the car, in the river, in the summer, in the city. In the chicken, in the acid, in the salmon, in the rain, in the silver in the sulphur, in the algae, in the day we come and part as friends. In the day, in the river, in the moss, in the rushes we come and part. In the river, in the heather, in the rushes, in the rain we stay. In the day, in the days dart over and summer is over. A salmon leap over us all come apart at the end of the day and the river. Um, so I'll read a couple from the River Ooze, and the first is the site of Virginia Woolf's drowning. Um, the poem is performed at increasing speed. So I was thinking a lot about sort of flotation and burial, aptly sort of paving the way for Neo and Reese's air burial event later on, perhaps. It starts with a quote, uh, the simplest method of determining the velocity of a current involves an observer, a floating object or drifter, and a timing device. And that's from the US Department of Commerce, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. 
One by one the horses come, breath soft shuffle through, out forms a language I'm learning, through the body I'm learning, through the fact of my being here, haunch in water, standing head in hedge, standing with everything I've got. The simplest method of determining the velocity of a current involves a horse, a floating object or drifter and a timing device. One by one the horses come, purring me open. I stir and shake, shiver, jolt in parts of the body yet to be discovered. I ache in the hedge of the water is forcing me open. The horses are dark as the earth, darker than earth, deeper. Their flanks rise from the pit of the word, the gut, the word, the ditch, the dust, the ear, the air, the air, the native soil or land. Deeper than that is the horse that purrs me open in water, in open, in open water. The simplest method of determining the velocity of a word involves a horse, a girl, and a timing device. One by one, the horses come stirring me open into water, into open water. I bend and purr. From rib to hip is a rich loaming. I flank and fall and purr in the water. I'm learning the simplest method of determining the velocity of a word involves a horse, a girl, and a poem. I'll come back to the second ooze one, which is a bit strange, um, and and do a couple of Welsh ones, I think, seeing as this is all. Poetry, Wales, Launt. Soft pine breaks through the water where we pass. The drop is gentle, yet the spine is tight. A track of falling bone, of thick-set night. Thickets of sleep and rain in dreams fall fast over the skeleton. Nothing dies here. The light is endless. In strobes, it passes through the skin and lifts the pieces of the body that can't lift themselves, the mind, the memory, and the rain that falls soundless through our veins. All through the night, I twitch my heart. Swimming is a kind of hiccup that jolts the body clean apart all through the night I twitch my heart. Tight contractions of sleep starts break like waves pushing me up all through the night I twitch my heart. Swimming is a kind of hiccup. And though I wake from something deep, the pool comes from the darkening lake. It is not night. I did not sleep. And though I wake from something deep, it is not sleep. My muscles heap on bone, but waves that gently break. And though I wake from something deep, the pool comes from the darkening lake. And always afterwards a calm that flattens out the body's crease. The water holds me in its palm. And always afterwards a calm, a wash of mint and lemon balm and wallflowers, once known as heart's ease. And always afterwards a calm that flattens out the body's crease. And so I think I'll end with the second ooze poem, which is quite long. Um, So I might skip a, a little bit about in and out of it. Um, But this is a collaborative swim, so some of the swims are solo swims and some I call on others. And the actual swim I did by myself, but I sort of was um, moving with the words of others. So um, I'll begin with a quote, which um, was something I sent out to a network of people. It said, I'll be doing a swim, wearing a swimsuit on which I've written some hopes and fears on current environmental issues. I'm inviting you to write your own hopes and fears on my swimsuit, which I'll take with me as I swim, writing the water with our collective thoughts. Your writing can be as brief or as long as you like, as the space of the swimsuit permits. You may have a few lines or a single word. I may sink with the weight of them or rise with their purpose. 
And as I read it, sort of the text that was on the suit at the beginning, I will motion to the left if that's what I'm reading and motion to the right um, with what was left because the water um, sort of erased some of the text. Um, and if I'm not doing any of that, then I'm just reading my own kind of words about the process. Um, and so it, it was quite, it became quite an artifact sort of thinking about objects, the objects in poetry as well. So this costume that had all this writing from different people and then in the way the waters comment through what it had erased through it. Um, and it's now on what's called a floating library. It's called the floating library in Minnesota. You can look that up. And so it's in the middle of a lake. Um, so it can be accessed by all kinds of people that can row over or other than human people that take a look. I think it's very interested. Um, crows, crows are its biggest audience, biggest readership, I've been told. Okay. Sun slides buttery over the rushes. Water softens, stills. Elsewhere, events. I, the rhythm of river, part nature, part poem, part kin. Gaza, may you not be a war zone. May you not be a war zone. I, the collaboration, part nature, parts nature, collapses the shoulders, falls back onto milk. I, Cleopatra, with sun's areola, flush across throat. I, the event, individual, forging, collective, afloat, submerged in the matter of all of us mattering. Does my carbon footprint look big in this? A throb exit river to laughter's warm shiver. I brim with love for the parts that need. I, the brim of the river, brim the world from this spot out. To be, to be, to be outwards. I brim outwards to it. Nettles, nettles rush, lemon, loose strife, thyme, purple, loose strife, flood, in Dawlish, in Morsel. In Morsel, cannot compass, compassion compressed as flowers through pages of a book. To look doesn't do much. Looking back, we see the frailty through the years, the pages, press morsel in the riverbanks and look and look and not to look away. Back reorientates to water in a new way of walking, a new way of moving on the earth, to drift like wood in water with such soft rooting. Glimpse a pine cone before it is one, see it green, hanging bunched like bananas, forget what you know of texture, what it is to be hard, brittle starts soft, and why not be soft? Choose to live with softness, as far as nature chooses genetics, give us the invitation to be ourselves, and why not accept, push up, up to the top of ourselves, push out of our lungs, up through the larynx, the ceiling, the cortex, the feathers. I place my palm to your bark and pulse, pulse through the matter and up, I up and begin to sense distance differently. Impossibly far is here, galaxies here, and to be that tall and distant yet consistently you, all the way up from navel to stars, up, I up like a soft, soaring, rooted. We glide, a moving forest all committed, and what more are tribes than villages of poems pulsating together? Not always perfect, but sometimes. Sometimes there is a perfect pulse, and people ring in chords, layer on layer. We breathe and sound simultaneous. And why not speak these chords at times when there is no time? Breathe at times when there is no time. Sound at times when there is no time for speech or breath or sound are here and only the time you are given for the tasks you are given is the time you receive though you know it is no gift and so to swim is the time to swim as much as it is anything 
and legs and heads seem far from time but are as much it as it is anything. And so to swim is to bring the body back from wherever it has been in time. And so to, be, so to swim is to be on time and not in it. A field tears itself up from the earth like a strip of Velcro, reattaches to the retinas and glows, glows through the eyelids, veins are clouded, gold sifts and puffs, jellyfish, eyes are immense, jellyfish, double, triple the size of on land, head is light, cloud eyes, immense golden trafficking, colour is everywhere, how light is your head, it's the opposite of migraine, there is gold pouring from your head, it is the brightest light you have ever owned, it pours from you and it is like speaking, lips part and tongue chimes against roof of river mouth open. Yellow bubbles of light falling open. Vowels, little twigs of words open. Edges at the edge of words opening and swifts come. Swift circle. I hear their hearts beating. Little throbs of words beating. Smell of fur and feathers, wet on the wing, words wet in the air, tongue wet in the air, beating. Little wild words thump in the mouth. Thank you. Thank you. And the Swifts were above us when you mentioned them um, so things have been aligning um, in other interesting thing about ritual is the way that we repeat it and repeat it and every time something slightly different may happen um, but every time we repeat it we're doing the same thing but there's a little difference um, and also, I like the idea that ritual is something we do very often together as a group and that we um, are often making something together. So improvisation, uh, poetic or musical improvisation, is very often quite ritualistic. Um, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I can hear the um, microphone warming up next door. Uh, but Nisha Ramaya has written about improvisation uh, in, in this poetry, Wales, and about the kind of very interesting idea from Fred Motten of a listening walk, that um, when you're improvising together, when you're making music together, you're kind of joining your bodies and your creativities in a very kind of um, magical, interesting, uh, communal way, and, and then something kind of may shift, shifts around. So it's a very beautiful... Uh, essay that you should read <laughs> in the magazine. But I'll introduce Nisha Ramaya now. She's had two pamphlets out from Oystercatcher. They are correspondences and notes on Sanskrit. And she is uh, also the co-author with Sandeep Palmer and Banu Kapil of um, a small book called Threads, um, which is a creative critical pamphlet, um, which I also... I really enjoyed reading. And uh, finally, she's also a member of the Race and Poetry and Poetics Research Group. Um, so, yes, I'd like to welcome Nisha Ramaya, who's on next. Thank you.
Um, so I'm going to, I tried to put together something that was somehow reminiscent of a, of a tantric ritual, um, Hindu tantric rituals. And I amended it slightly um, following a really lovely conversation in the morning with my hosts, uh, <laughs> Liz and Hilary, where we were reminiscing and sharing memories and things. So I, I decided to add a sort of more personal element in at the end, which um, I'll just explain. So I'll describe the, the, the set. So Hindu tantric rituals typically begin and end in devotion to the goddess. My set includes three poems and three forms of devotion, spiritual, ritual, and personal. The first poem invokes the tantric Hindu goddess. The second poem creates the image of a yantra or mandala um, and journeys to the center of consciousness, which uh, is located in the heart in tantric physiology. The third poem was written after my grandmother died. In our household in India, she was the presiding deity of the home, the guardian of the family, and I wanted to include her after our conversation. I subject myself to your variegations, moving round myself as a bird flies in circles. To your brightness, your undistinguishable, your dark, to your changing accent, your high and low, your irregular speech, variegated, mixed with come near, approached, a kind of deer or antelope, you are variegated on both sides. You are shining as horses. You are surrounded by a circle of tremulous light. To devotion, to your waters, gold, thorn apple, speckled with black. To your stain, tiger, demon, your variegated actions to devotion, to your agitated as the sea, your different kinds of torture, your facetious conversation, to subdue, to conquer, to drop, to drop, to your variegated tail as a peacock, to the snake that forms a variegated circle, to devotion, division by streaks, to vermilion, yellow orpiment, to regard as a wonder, your approaching death, your marks like flowers, your dappled cow, your earth, your clouds, your starry sky. To be in the being of the variegated one, to white spots implying the reverse of the meaning intended, to your charming, your misshapen, your monstrous, to devotion, to your different in form but the same in meaning, to your charming, your hair, the circles of hair on your body, the sun, to the god of love, checkered, variegated, to your friendly terms, uninterrupted, your never happier, your easily split, to yoked horses, comets, to wearing all forms, interwoven, leveled, variegated, to the four-eyed watchdogs of the god of death, to the Indian cuckoo, elephant, cloud, tree, umbrella, conch shell, jewel, night of variegated colours, circles of knowledge depending on their relative position to the observer, to your asides, to your low voice, to your thunderbolts, to circle, to recover, to be brought back from exhaustion, to devotion, to incoherence, you are imaginary, 
as the moon, you are dappled with red. Futures flowers. You want to imagine futures. You want to create futures objects in your mind and to hold them there until your mind turns into the shapes of these objects. The practice of imagining turns into the rightness of action according to the metaphysics of the ritual so that flowers formed by the hands become the fruits of the practice, become abolition's efflorescence. The ritual must be repeated until it turns on itself its objects destroying their causality. You turn on yourself, move into the void in yourself, and begin. The red door to the temple is guarded by two elephants, both vomiting rainbows. Their vomit meets in the sky above them and fuses to form a lunette. The lunette is decorated with brides-to-be standing a corpse with apart. One is to be enjoyed, one worshipped only. The brides are protected by lions who are nothing like the real police sitting across the street from the real temple. They protect and enforce the reality that requires them. You do not require them. You prefer these lions who prop open their mouths with the heads of your enemies. You decide to substitute yourself for your enemies, abolishing liberalism by means of liberalism, placing your head in the lion's mouth. Lying between the brides, you realize that your body is corpse width. Yours is the corpse by which you must enter. Past the first hurdle, you throw colored powders at the space where the door should be, trying to make it appear in your mind. It's a jeweled throne on an island of butter in the ocean of milk. It's a forest of the lotus of the heart that abides in the citadel. It's a red door to a temple in the cremation ground inside your body. Mind guards the door to consciousness. The colored powders fall into a geometric pattern on the ground of being and non-being. You lie down and puff your way in. It's easy. You make it all the way, breaking through three straight lines, discontinuing tenses. Blow time out of mind. Let futures flowers. Another line appears, a dark line formed by a cloud's shadow. The cloud rearranges itself in the sky. It's an elephant. It's your mind stuck in mind. The dark line marks its time of death. The elephant bursts into hundreds and thousands of silvery spheres. You stand in the shadows looking up, mouth wide open in awe of futurity. You swallow spheres, internalize obstacles that you may pass them through your body. Pass memories of elephants, pass clouds. The line increases and covers ground. It's the side of a circle accounting for error. The circumference is planted with golden arms reaching upwards, stretching to hold each other's hands at the apex. You know there are no multicolored hands across the world. There are oceans of wine surrounded by mountains of flesh. Nevertheless, you visualize a circle of arms raising a cone of power, vitriol crystallizing into bluestone. The true solidarity is a beautiful and charmingly corrosive process. What if the future is faceless. Return to the shadows. You project your shadows onto the clouds, casting your self-esteem, all those little mothers, into outer space. Mind rays alight, 
Little mothers carry lamps out of your body and up to the stars. Infatuated with darkness, you resist their advice. Luminosity is the state of things that are luminous and also of things that are dark. You want to be left alone with your mind rays, a cosmic puppet dangling in the grandeur of the inner void, your desirelessness. But you are surrounded by kissy noises resonating concentrically. Everyone and everything is kissing except you. Your mouth is stuffed full of flowers, and even these flowers are kissing inside each other, inside your mouth, as if you were simply a space in which desire takes place. You struggle to imagine kissing from the perspective of your mouth. Your tongue is a brazen plate struck by lightning and struck and struck. You know that subtle sounds are better, unstruck sounds are best, and bite down on your tongue. You bite off the head of your enemy and join in with anticipation. The cracks in the walls of the temple are stuffed with little yellow chrysanthemums. You remove these flowers and destabilize the temple in your race to one-pointed consciousness, which is the brain-facing lotus at the crown of your skull. The crown hides a hole into which sky drips, feeding the thousand-petaled lotus that blooms behind and occasionally into and out of your eyes, your ears, your mouth. Feel the petals tickle your mind when you shake your head out of time. Feel the roots of the lotus penetrate the wet soil of sky and spread into the infinite wetness of space. No, not yet. The temple stands. You must grasp the triangles, for one who is not a triangle must not worship triangles. The lines and angles suggest hundreds of thousands of awkward bodies, golden arms, sword fighting, sunbeams, laser quests, illuminated parts. But you strive for unbroken light, sectionless consciousness, sparkling waves of bliss. The triangles exist in another dimension. They cast shadows in the shape of cubes in the shape of spheres. Cast these shadows upon your body, cover your body in perfect solids. How absurd, the masters say, to spread perfection on your body like jam on bread. But you delight in hyper-reality, this calculated immersion in pleasure. You pass yourself through your body without breaking your body. You make your shadows dance. Your shadows hold hands, rub beaks, play footsie, wind tails together, totter rosily, cheek to cheek, bumpity bump, bump, bump. They circle each other, full body bobbing. They take each other by surprise, stand to attention and stargaze. The absolute soul of the universe is an assemblage of migratory birds whose agitation is indeed creation. You understand that when they say they dream to change the world, what they really mean is that they sleep badly. You say something about sleeping badly, the death of death whose destruction is liberation. You say nothing about the seeds in your heart, the roots creeping into your circulatory system, the seedlings poking out of your center of consciousness. In truth, your desires are infinite, your actions infinitesimal. You are as close as you can get to the center before sneezing. The temple inside you implodes in a mesh of cremation ash, yellow pollen, third eye twinkle, and sonic dot. You are as far away as you can get from the world without renouncing it. 
Opposing yourself, you do all this as an offering to me. These flowers formed by the hands, this worship through the flesh, these lightning flashes of social life, this rhythm through rightness and opposition. You turn out of these objects, turning out. And so the third one is um, Vatam Atma, which um, is a word, that, uh, a Sanskrit word that means um, it's something that's said during death rites in um, for Hindu in Hindu culture, and it means um, once someone dies, let their breath go into the wind. Vatam Atma. She is the center around which we orientate. She says that she feels breathless. Does she complain of a vacuum in her heart which seems dry, numbed, and as if being broken? The chain of weaving is the body I don't remember. The lift reaches the second floor. Slide the grill. The first and second doors are already open. She is standing in the entrance framed by the house. Heart knotted, relentless in failure. Breath approaches blown, taking movement by force. Has she carried heavy loads on the head, or laughed loudly, or talked loudly? Walk into the house, turn right. The corridor leads to her bedroom, the door is open. She is sitting in the chair, positioned to greet you. I set my weak heart upon weakness. The promoter of speech we can't know, I don't remember. Always turn right. She is lying in bed, so if you don't walk into the bedroom, she won't know that you are there. Spirit falls in the share of wind, leaving our bodies incoherent. She says that she feels breathless. The heart cannot fill with occasion the full particulars of a narrative I don't remember. Her great capacity for love, her sense of humor that falls on the right side of mischief. Soul imparts air, the immediacy of our survival. Glance down the corridor. She is sleeping and the door is almost closed. Sit and talk where she might hear you. She says that she feels restless. In the shorter half of the night, the winds which go everywhere. Breathing again, taking heart again, for dancing and for laughter. Our grief might be charted in the number of steps it takes to reach her, her always remembering you and the little things that might make you happy. So as um, Elizabeth Jane mentioned, there is going to be another event later, which is a, a ritual uh, to air bury poetry. Um, so it's a burial ritual, which myself and Rhys Trimble are going to enact at 7.30 at the um, Baptist Hall. Um, we're going to destroy and create in the, the same moments. Um, it's going to be quite strange and quite... Uh, fun I hope and um, if you want to come with a text that you want to bury uh, you want to change uh, you want to give away to mourn or to honour um, you're very welcome um, come, come with something on paper and we will bury it for you and then rebirth it um, so 
Uh, Rhys Trimble is the next and final performer. Um, he is a bilingual poet and performer and visual poet, and I think at some point it said something like you were a techno shaman. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's based in Bethesda in North Wales in Gwynedd, and um, his, his scanner art is on the front cover of Poetry Wales. Um, Poetry Wales um, is... Um, been supporting poets from Wales since 1965 and um, but we are publishing poetry from all around the world and um, but we're very much rooted in this kind of um, in our kind of multilingual uh, Welsh home um, but we are publishing three times a year and um, We've got copies with us, and uh, uh, you should subscribe. Um, and Rhys Trimble and Stephen Hitchens and Lyndon Davis and several, many of the poets, Zoe Scolding, um, have all uh, been kind of close to Poetry Wales for a long time, so I'm really excited to welcome Rhys up next. Um, anything else to say about Rhys? He's got a lot of paraphernalia, um, and um, I'm very happy to have him here for the ritual poetry. Rhys Trimble. To, to summer. Pani Wilchi, pint to Gwintar Glau. Pani Wilchi'r Deri and Amdarau. Pani Wilchi'r Moor and Mruyniaw'r Tyr. Pani Wilchi'r Gwyr and Amgweidiaw. Pani Melchir Heil and Huliar Awir. 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 Can you not see the sun but swim in the air? Slain and line, Sinesh, Sinach and lineage, Quas energy and sensitivity be ungendered. Desiccation on high summer, Channel and voice into the circle, Antennae of geometry, Unfrictioned lilac, Clack, Petrus, Inconspicuous, Subwoice, and the bruise dripping pellets. And friction lilac clack, born of walls, warren.
Sofl Bri, Glistan Hir, Stuck Kiru, Koisai Chores, Ring Wicht, Captain, Kut Dea, Athekrai, Rasa Gwint, Pervev, Milved, Wer the Cadno, Gurith Squatur, Morful Deu, Ulith Prankur, Ristev Teen, Glasswest Lamur, Jigrive, Guarthodrive, Dea, a scavendroid, a guarchodur redin, a kailbri, a perlissin ail, names of summer, names of the hair. Two bastus, boreas, rianon, arian rod, shifting ground, square banging, shed wind, all the ranges isolated, odour of still earth, reft, fetid, antenue, dea, sabuich, yes, whalebone, technique, carving, dawn, inconspicuous, when held hallen, Odour of still earth, between profundity and pleasure, chambers, sequence, suspension, manmos, fern, woman, texture, physicality of your breath. Things are always truth, thrifting cellar, doorless winds, freedom of delirium, leather sung, leafery, more settled, withheld and given, leaf. Umbra on leaf, multiplicity of same, smell and place, an animal fused, toxicity of perception, damped, put on your dampers, broken is resource, a possibility in getting lost. Fishbones, morsel, shoulder, translucent, dead, submerged a moment. Reorientated text, tire through feathers, sense, exterior septive, habite, rhizome, half veins, upwards, distended light, speak dilated, tonic, room buzz, inaudible but not imperceptible. Will ye, Oline, wreck, wish, cut in, confused? Variegations by circle, a pingent, white spots, hair circle, yoked, vrithyog, vrith, the frith, efflorescence, mimic flowers and voids, puke, lunette, issues, co-powdered space, consciousness of non-being, futurity of swallowed, zeno voices, apogee of flesh. Convolvulus, finger cone, faceless, luminosity, sun, irianon, irhav, to the head.